Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Andy, what was your football highlight of the last two weeks? Well, my um, my football highlight comes from the international week, which means that I didn't watch it. Um, but I, I flicked on my phone the other day and I saw that Holland had beaten Germany. And that gave me so much pleasure to find out that this sort of, I don't know, former giant that's been slowly dying got a, uh, a victory against one of the best teams in the world, even though they didn't do very well in the World Cup, but still one of the best teams in the world. So it made me happy to see Holland beating Germany. Yeah, and uh, Virgil van Dijk actually scoring a goal from a corner. Yeah, like Holland has some really good players. They should be much better than they are. So, And they've got orange kits, which makes them fun. So I, I like to see them do well. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them back on top someday soon. Um, nice one. Okay, next up is Matt. What's your football highlight of, of the international week? Uh, I haven't watched any of the international week. It's always a bit of a friendly thing. So I'm still harking back to uh, the Man U Newcastle game. Uh, if ever there was a game of two halves and that 3 2, two victory. Uh, uh, it looked like Mourinho is going to be sacked at half time, and I thought, well, that could be quite good in the long run. Uh, and then I, I, uh, well, I wasn't watching it live, but I sort of uh, was keeping like live updates on it. And uh, you sort of want your team to win, but this is one of those sort of mixed blessings win. Where you're thinking, oh, well, if we get rid of Mourinho, that'd be great. But unfortunately, we won, uh, which means he stays. But it was good that we won. Because that means Man United won. And it kind of looked, it kind of looked <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, I kind of got the feeling they were going to be pushing on from the, the comeback and it was going to fire them up again. And I haven't seen anything in the press to him suddenly kind of calling out Pogba or anything like that. So maybe that's just because Pogba was away with France, so he didn't have a chance. But yeah, yeah. who knows? It might, it might kick them on. You never know. I mean, we did play some nice attacking football in that second half. Um, and players finding a bit of bit of rhythm. One matter scoring always makes me happy. Um, what a guy! What a guy! Yeah, it's just whether they can do it when they don't have to have to throw caution to the wind, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically we're going to stumble on, not doing particularly well this season. But uh, you st- you got to enjoy the wins when they come. Yeah. Do you know what? There was another highlight from that game that I've, uh, I failed to point out, which is. Uh... Two weeks ago, I predicted that Paul Pogba would play at centre-back, and it came true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's he was my true. gut punt the other week, and uh, yeah. That's... Did he actually play at centre-back? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yep, that happened. A sort of Lothar Mateus role. You've been on an unbelievable streak of predictions this season. Yeah, that wasn't really... <laughs> I didn't really expect that one. Wow. <laughs> You're now starting to put these predictions into your team and it's working out for you as well. Um, but we'll come to that in the Game Week previews. Um, ben, what was your football highlight of the week? Um, my football highlight of the week was Usain Bolt scoring his first professional goals. Um, in, I think he plays in the fourth division of the Australian League. Um, yeah, big time. But for someone who, I don't know, has never played professionally, I thought it was kind of cool that he, he scored. I watched his goals. One was, one was a nice move where they put a ball over the top and obviously he was quicker than the defender and then finished it uh, quite nicely. And the second goal was kind of, he just kind of bundled it in. But um, yeah, pretty impressive, uh, you yeah. say that. That is pretty awesome. I, I, I remember some press recently about his debut, but it is awesome that he's got a couple of goals in the game. Nice highlight. And um, my my highlight, I'm last up, was um, uh, going through, kind of desperately trying to find a football highlight, going through <laughs> all the international highlights online. And um, I found one which I quite enjoyed, which was the troll father, the original troll, um, Dusan Tadic. The man with the stats, but no out, um, no end product. Um, taking a penalty for Serbia against Romania and doing the Paul Pogba very slow run up, um, getting absolutely nothing out of the keeper and then blazing it miles. <laughs> it was nice to see, but um, my football low light of these last two game weeks I've just seen today the Ramsey news. Basically, um, Ramsey's come out and said Arsenal have pulled out of contract negotiations with him which I'm devastated by um, 
you know, we've had him since he was 16. He's now 27, reaching his peak. And we're, we're just going to let him go. It's crazy. It's absolutely bad. Um, so that's my low light. Um, he, it sounds like he might turn up at Man United, which would be even worse. Um, really? Ooh, that'd be nice. That's, that's what I saw today in the press. Well, well, well it's anyone's, anyone's game once, once he's out of contract. Um, but I digress. So our game weeks were... Oh, sorry, Andy. I was going to say, we, we do really well signing um, late 20s Arsenal players who are running out of contracts, don't we? So. Yeah, yeah and, and he does have his injury problems. So, yeah, we'll see. But no, I know I do like Ramsey and I'm quite sad that he's going to be leaving. Um, Andy, your game week went pretty well this week. Do you want to tell us um, what was your transfer? What were your highlights, lowlights and any problem areas? Yeah, so um, I, following last week's talk about me playing a crazy different game from everybody else, I actually made a really defensive move with my transfer because I knew everybody was going to put Harry Kane in and captain him. So I did that. And obviously that didn't go very well for anybody, but it didn't really matter because it didn't go very well for anybody. Um, but the rest of my team, all sort of the, 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 the differentials that I had did come off. I had um, Richarlison scored with uh, seven points. Not only did he score, but he played up front, which I think is a really positive omen for the future because they've obviously haven't got any other strikers have they so it's useful to have uh, have someone like him that can play up front um, <laughs> so I think he'll probably stay there having scored <laughs> um, I had three players that um, that got into double figures I had Doherty, Hazard and Lacazette and out of those obviously Lacazette no one else in this group has um, Doherty some of us have and Patricio some of us have it on nine points as well so but my, my best differential I think was Kennedy who got eight points in a 3-2 loss. <laughs> um, I kind of thought that he would at the start of the season. So it's the start because he's so cheap. I can't sort of find anybody else at that at that price point that I want more. Uh, and with their sort of run of fixtures coming up, I've, I've kept him all the way through. I didn't really expect much out of the Man U game, but he got... So that was great. I ended up on 84 points, which was very pleasing. Um, I think it might actually be my highest score this I know I got a 90 in, in one of the other weeks, but my second highest score this game week, this, this is, sorry, yes, this guy's game week score this season um, on a week where others didn't do so well. So I was very pleased with it. The one big regret I have is Callum Wilson on the bench. Um, if I hadn't done the Kane transfer, I would have had Wilson on the pitch and Hazard as captain, which would have given me an extra 28 points and taken me above 100, which would have been amazing. But that one mistake meant that I didn't oh, like gutting. it. So is, is Harry Kane your problem area? Not anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, all done. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, next up is Matt. Matt, how was your game week? Um, so, I mean, yes, same sort of mixed blessings. Like uh, I also went for Harry Kane and, and captioned him, um, thinking that he might get a big haul against Cardiff and just didn't do anything. Or he picked up a yellow card, so he halved his, his two points to one point. Um, but then the rest of the team did pretty well, actually. So uh, Doherty I had as well. Um, Alonso clean sheet, Robertson clean sheet, Trippier clean sheet. Hazard was the the big big scorer, um, which again was sort of the. If I hadn't done the Kane transfer, then I'd probably captain Hazard. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, I guess. Uh, um, but yeah, then uh, I think the the differential I probably got certainly amongst us as a lot is probably Matt, Matt Ryan finally came in. With a big nine-point haul from in goal, so I was very pleased with that. Don't remember you backing him last week. You were looking to get rid, weren't you? <laughs> I always had faith in Matt Ryan. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame of podcasts because I actually record my thoughts, uh, so I can't deny that I hear uh, <laughs> I got completely lost faith in him and didn't want him anymore. <laughs> what about problem areas? Is is Kane your problem area? Is he still in your team, unlike Andy's? Um, he's still in my team because uh, I'm going to wait rather than transfer too early this this week. Um, but, uh, but he's he, it. I wouldn't say a problem area because I think West Ham is not not a bad fixture to have. He, he might score some points there, um, but there's certainly choices to be made between these big hitters and which ones you go for. Yeah, the the Salah injury or potential injury as well will mm. come. 
an- another big thing with a big hitter there. Okay. Um, next up, it's Ben. Ben, how was your game week? Uh, my game week was okay. Uh, I got 67 points, which was enough to basically maintain my overall rank of um, in the 5,000s. Um, so my transfers were Robertson for Alexander-Arnold and then uh, Aguero to Kane and I captain Kane. Um, so yeah, very similar story to everyone else. Uh, Kane did nothing. Um, and my big hitters were Wilson, um, which was great, really unexpected. <laughs> I think he got two goals and an assist and then um, Hazard did well. And I also had Patricio, he got me nine points. Um, the one annoying thing for me was I actually started Trent because I actually thought it would be nil-nil for some reason. And then he didn't play. Um, so I would have got Robertson points, but instead I got zero from Trent. So that was kind of annoying. I think it's the first time this season he got dropped too. So, um, yeah. Overall, I, I, I feel like the Kane transfer made sense. Um, but in hindsight, obviously it looks pretty bad. Um, and it was against 10 men on Cardiff too, which is kind of annoying as well. Like, I watched the game and um, he really did look not good. Um, so, yeah, I would say he's my problem area and the Salah potential injury is also um, my other problem area. So I'll probably just wait for any team news end of week. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm last this week. Um, so I came in with 61 points. Um, my transfer in, same as everyone else, probably just out of fear that everyone else was getting him. And two of two of you guys had gone early and did a Duncan. And well, <laughs> but he didn't get injured in the Champions League anyway. So I brought in Kane, Captain Tim. That went horribly wrong. Similar to Andy, I've worked out that it was a a 30 point swing. If I hadn't have brought in Kane, my plan was to bring in Doherty, um, who would have played. Um, I would have captain Hazard. And yeah, a 30 point swing is pretty hard to take. <laughs> I also wouldn't have got rid of Edison because my two transfers were Edison down to Fabianski and Aguero to Kane. And Edison got bonus and a clean sheet. So yeah, massively gutting. Would have been on kind of 91 points. Um, so I think I think it's a it's been a really big mood I've moved for me. I've dropped um about four thousand places, um which doesn't sound like a lot, but um I think it might be quite a defining moment because now do I have to go back and sort out the game thing or you know, Salah um spending pointless hits and things like that. Um yeah. Uh I had Wilson, um, which went well and Trippier has been a good transfer, but I, my problem area, my problem areas for my team are quite a few, to be honest. Um, I think Fabianski was a bit of an error. I think maybe Patricio would have been the wiser choice. I think I was just so swayed by the fixtures rather than uh, form or how how the teams are looking defensively. I've got um, two Crystal Palace players with their <coughs> fixtures. I've got two Tottenham players with their not very good fixtures either both kind of bottom of the season ticker for fixtures at the moment. Um, and Bournemouth are coming into a rough looking patch as well. And I've got two Bournemouth. So yeah, quite a few problems. If I had a wild card, I would, I would be thinking about it maybe in the next couple of weeks, but I don't. So probably some points hits to come up, I think. Um, so I think moving on from game week's preview, a couple of quick fire questions for you all. Um, I'm going to start with Andy. Salah, if he is injured, what are you going to do? Well, I don't have him. So I'm <laughs> him. Hey, that's good. That's a... <laughs> How about you? Um, if he is injured, uh, then it's. I, I do want some Liverpool assets, so I might be tempted to switch to someone like Harry um, to Mane. Um, okay. uh, there's also seen Sterling's form at the moment is. Um, is highly impressive. Um, I mean, if you sell Sa- Salah, you you, you, well, you can afford any player you like, and it gives you some money in the bank. So, uh, I, I would I would definitely go for another big hitter like Sterling or or um, or Mane. I think would be my main two. I'm looking at. Okay, Ben, would you kind of agree with that? Yeah, agree. Those two 
Um, I think Kev- KDB is back at some point in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, I think I, I would also play it safe with either Sterling or Mane. Um, Man City at home to Burnley does look pretty tasty, so I, I probably would go Sterling, but I think Mane's a good shout too because of their fixtures. Yeah, both great fixtures. Liverpool definitely have the better fixtures, but um, you know whether they're in top form at the moment um, remains to be seen, and they're looking a little bit out of shape. Um, okay, next one is um, we were talking about the Kane train in the last podcast. It's the it's more of a Kane train wreck at the moment. Andy, Andy. <laughs> you've been on that for a long time. <laughs> Two weeks right in that one. <laughs> Andy, what what have you done? You've made transfers early. Yeah, I have. Um, so. I've done two. Th- I've actually taken a four-point hit as well, um, and after, I, 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 I think I've done the right thing, but I've taken a four-point hit, and I still have three point nine million in the bank, which is really strange. So that's my my problem area really is that I have all this money in the bank that I'm not spending. But what I've done is um, came for Aguero, just pretend that never happened, um, and I brought in Sigurdsson for Lucas Moura. Um, Sigurdsson to me looks like he's really hitting a, a nice patch of form at the moment. And Everton's next three fixtures um, are fairly easy. They've got Palace at home, Man United away, and then Brighton at home. So I reckon Gilfie's got a decent chance of scoring in all three of those games. Um, so I brought him in with the a, with the intention that if he goes on an amazing run of form, then maybe I'll keep him. But if not, then the use of my three three point nine million will be to upgrade Sigurdsson to De Bruyne. When I love back. that Man United away for a Man United fan is fixture. <laughs> Well, here's, here's how I see it. Is right now, I think that our position in the league is representative from how good, of, of how good we are. Despite how good the players are, the team is about 8th to 10th in the league in how good we are. So we beat Newcastle. That's not surprising. That's not doesn't change my opinion. We just all. beat them. <laughs> we just beat them, yeah. But beating Newcastle 3-2, that's what you'd expect out of the 8th place team in the yeah. league, isn't it? Yeah, fair enough. Matt, what about you with Kane? What are you thinking? Was it a big mistake or are you going to stick to your Um I, I don't think it was a big mistake as in I agreed with what Ben said, that uh, it was the right call going into the game week. I mean, Cardiff for the whipping boys. Kane has habits of, uh, of sometimes getting uh, big hauls every so often. And he just scored two the previous week. So it looked like the right move. Um, and... It certainly didn't happen. He seems to be playing a bit more of a withdrawn role um, at the moment for Tottenham, which is it's clearly not suiting his goal scoring at the moment. Um, but I'm going to stick with him for, for one further game week for West Ham away. Um, and then Man City home will be probably the time to, uh, to swap him out in a bit. In a bit. But I'm, I'm at the moment hoping to save a transfer this week if I possibly can. Um, injuries pending. I um I couldn't disagree more about the Kane thing. I think um I think it was a a really a really bad move. More in terms of I think I knew I brought him in. I had two transfers so I could do it. I thought without a hit that might change now, but the idea was to bring him in just for one game week, just for that Cardiff game and I wanted Aguero back in. So I think it was it was a waste of of three transfers for me really. And I think it was very short-term thinking. Um, and, you know, with the Barcelona game on the Wednesday, Spurs at home against Cardiff on the Saturday, tiredness was always going to be a factor. And we saw last season, at the start of last season, Spurs really struggled against those kind of teams at home um, to get goals and big hauls. So, yeah, I, I disagree, to be honest. I think I think I was I was swayed by the risk factor, whereas I should have been thinking long-term. Mm. I guess you, with premium assets in particular, you chase those uh, juicy-looking captaincy points. Um, and earlier this season, Aguero hat trick, where people captain or didn't captain, it made a big difference into the leaderboard at the moment. Uh, so it's one of those things where you, yeah, sometimes you just sort of cover if nothing else. Um, yeah, true. If someone's highly owned and they're highly captained, then you have to definitely consider it. Yeah, that was definitely my my thought process. Is I I lost because at that time I didn't even have Aguero in my team, and you guys all captained him. And if you take away those points, I'm almost level with you. 
that like, that's how big a swing it was. So um, having been burnt there before, that was definitely part of my thinking yeah. for Kane last you'd, week. You'd expect Tottenham to have scored more than they did against Cardiff. Um, it was a uh, not not it didn't didn't run to form that game. Like you were saying, a lot of people did the Kane move. So really, it, as risks go, you know, a lot of people did it. You're not going to drop a huge amount of places by doing that move. Um, so yeah, fair enough. Um, not as big a train wreck as I, I had previously thought, maybe. Um, okay, so next up is game week fixtures. Um, game week. And the first up is Chelsea-Man United. And Andy, as you scored highest this week, you get the privilege of the first game. Yeah, I'm in a very strange position here. As uh, Normally, any other season, I'd be like relishing this game. I really don't want to talk about it this season because I think it's going to be... I have these this like nightmares of Eden Hazard having like the match of his life and Scott McTominay playing at centre-back and just falling over him every time he goes near him. Um, I think this is... I've... I've got cap on oh, my um, my my bus team. I've got Hazard as captain because I can see him running right in this match against Mourinho. Um, I think this is definitely one for the Chelsea players. Um, it's quite possible that United will will go crazy again at the end and start attacking um, and will score a goal. So I have a bit of a um, a debate in my head as to whether I wanted Alonso for this game, um, but I've kept him in because I think it's probably more likely that he will score. Um, if like, the, the, either, either keeping a clean sheet or conceding and Alonso scoring, those combined seems more likely than um, than nothing for Alonso. So I've kept him in for now. Uh, but I think those the interesting one is Giroud. I think we've talked about him a lot of times before. Whether he's going to start scoring, um, he obviously has a lot of history of playing against Man U's rivals, so he might be fired up for this one. But I feel like his uh, his, his record this season is to just not score and play really well and therefore keep his place in the side so um, I'm not looking to him for this game I don't think I think Hazard as always is your man for Chelsea yeah I, I completely agree what about you Ben yeah I'm not looking forward to this one I think Hazard normally um, plays well against us sometimes we try and like have Herrera man mark him out the game but I, I just don't think we are solid enough defensively um, I mean, conceded two against Newcastle. So, yeah, I see Chelsea winning this one. I do worry with Chelsea this year that they're so reliant on Hazard. And if you can stop him, as Mourinho has in the past, with that man, then you can kind of stop the Chelsea attack. Um, well, I think you're getting carried away there because that, that tactic worked once. And it was the second time of trying it. The first time Herrera got sent off for fouling him. And then the second time it worked, and then the, the the third time it didn't work again. So I, I think the extent to which the man marking thing has been a success is overplayed because it was so successful that one time. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, any man new players to be looking at for this fixture, or, or just Hazard? I mean, I am a man new fan with no man new players in my team at the moment. <laughs> sure. That I think pretty much sums up save my points about it. for David de Gea. I think depends on how he concedes, doesn't it? If he concedes five, then the save points are worth much. Expensive goalkeeper just for save points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we've got Matt with Bournemouth Southampton. Another cracker. You're back on the crackers. I'm Matt. back on the ones that everyone wants to watch the match of the day, aren't I? Um, so Bournemouth are coming off a really good win um, away at Watford um, and Southampton are one of those teams at the moment that you look out for in the fixtures because you want players playing against them. Um, they just got spanked 3-0 by Chelsea um, and I think Mark Hughes is one of the favourites in the sack race at the moment. So I think everything points towards a, a, a solid Bournemouth win and for those players, of uh, th- those managers have got players like Wilson and Fraser, um, or maybe a Bournemouth defender. It's a, it's a pretty good, pretty good looking game week. It's a tricky one with the Fraser injury, isn't it? Because he's got he's got a yellow arrow at the moment. But last time after the international break, he had the same yellow arrow and came back and got you know eighteen points or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's actually that that fixture he got is eighteen points and he got eleven points in the first week. He's had a 
he, he did get an assist last week in that four, but out of four goals, just one assist for him was a, a touch disappointing. Um, so he seems to be a bit of an all or nothing type player. I think I I think the great thing I've noticed about Fraser in the Bournemouth games I've watched is that he's on a lot of set pieces. So I think that can really help a player tick over as the season progresses. And at that price, to have a player on set pieces who's also going to chip in with assists and goals and open play is just kind of priceless. Yeah, I mean that that price, as you say, is that uh, means that he's he's good value because if he can get a big haul like he did that eighteen points. Um, and he's five and a half minutes. You can't really not have him in your, your team um, if he's going to do that again. Yeah. And the the three up front, King, um, Wilson and Fraser ripping up and Brooks as well. Bournemouth are looking amazing going forward. Yeah, I like Eddie Howe's team. Um, they always play really attacking, attacking football. Yeah. Brooks, I think, is that two goals in two? And he's five, five million. Kind of uh, flying on the... Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I remember watching him against um, West Ham, and he's he, he's certainly uh, looks like a talented player. Uh, he was pushing forward and lucky not to uh, get in a, more out of that game as well. Nice one. Okay, um, next up we've got Ben with Cardiff Fulham. Um, so Fulham have been on a pretty bad run. Um, so they conceded five against Arsenal, three against Everton. Um, but I, I think I'll actually back them to turn it around with this fixture. Um, I don't think Cardiff will really park, park the bus, so I think it might be a little bit more open. Um, so I'm backing Fulham to edge this one, maybe like 2-1 or something like that. Um, so maybe some of their midfielders like Seri and Schurler might do well. And then I, admit, I still have Mitrovic, so I'm hoping Mitrovic does well in this fixture as well. Mitrovic was looking good for Serbia in the international break. He seemed to be involved in everything up front. And he even, my, my doubt about Mitrovic, um, why I don't have him in my team, is that I didn't, wasn't kind of that sure about him on the floor, whether he could turn a man and, and get a goal or, you know, burst past someone. But he was looking really sharp, you know, taking shots at goal rather than just headers in the international break from the highlights I saw. So, a lot of people got rid of him. I think he went for a price drop. I think he's now 6.9. But the fixtures for Fulham look really good, I think, for the next few. If... The risk with him, though, is particularly in this game against a Neil Warnock-Cardiff team, he's going to have lots of niggling fouls, defenders winding him up, and we know he's got a hot head. I'd love to know what the odds are of him getting sent off in that game because that would make it a really great move to transfer That's a great shout, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something <laughs> It's just if they can do it slightly more subtly than the last game week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Um, okay, next up um, is me. And yeah, I mean, the order this week is dictated <clears throat> by our game week order. So I just happened to have got the easy fixtures preview again. Man City, Burnley. Um, yeah, I think this is a Stonewall Man City win. Um, Burnley, despite playing um, better, having recovered from their early season kind of slump, um, the stats tell a slightly different story. In the last two games, they've played Cardiff and Huddersfield. They beat Cardiff away. They drew 1-1 with Huddersfield at home. But they've actually conceded the second most shots on their goal across those two game weeks. Um, so that's pretty pretty damning. Against Cardiff and Huddersfield, their their bottom of the shots conceded, or second bottom of the shots conceded, um, and Man City, yeah, I think still looking good, and I think they're going to come out and they're going to trounce them, and that's why I'm concerned about how I can get Aguero into my team because I think as a captain this week, Salah's um, injury, um, Kane not really firing. Um, I think there's going to be a huge amount of people captaining um, Aguero. You know, Hazard has Man United at home, so I don't think his captaincy is going to be as high as it might be. Um, so I think that's that's the big issue um, for me this game week. Whether you have Aguero captain, and if he does go and score a hat trick or more, then um, if you've sorted out that Salah problem instead, it could be a real issue. Um, that said, we know Burnley have 
have put in gutsy performances before. Um, so if if you back them to do that against the stats, um, so be it. What do you guys reckon? Is it pretty much a stone? Yeah, I think Man City will definitely win. I, mean, I remember Burnley, I think they conceded quite a lot of shots because I remember their uh, Heaton and Pope in previous seasons, the good goalkeepers to have because they'd get the save points. But the type of shots they concede sometimes are like long range ones because they just sort of park the bus with their back four in, in their own area. Um, so it means that sometimes the stats can look a bit deceiving on Burnley, I think. Yeah, unfortunately not. I mean, they're third bottom for shots conceded inside the box. Normally, I know what you mean, last season it was kind of shots from range, but this is third bottom for shots inside the box as well. So, mm. and it's, yeah. What they also do very well at is shots blocked. Like shots where they, a shot comes in, but the defender stops it rather than the goalkeeper. And so for the, even when they've been very successful, they've been very high on the shots, con- shot, on the shots conceded chart, but they've uh, not all of them reached the goalkeeper. Yeah. Also, it's uh, Joe Hart's return game, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. He'll it is. play a blinder, but he's terrible, so probably not. But <laughs> Well, no. He... Bit of heart, though, won't yeah. they? Heart in it. He'll be uh, very brave. <laughs> um, he has that in his locker, though, doesn't he? He, he? he will be so fired up for this game. And... It's going to be a, a game where he's going to get a lot of action. I think um, De Bruyne might even be back as well. There's been talk about him coming back really early. Um, so you, you never know. He might get an appearance, even a sub-appearance. You think it might give the Man City players a boost. And having him potentially on the pitch to break down a deep-lying defence would be uh, pretty pretty useful. The one thing for me in this game is I don't have a. I've got Aguero. I'm not going to captain him because coming back from an international week with Argentina, I don't think he's going to play a full game. I think it's going to be split between Jesus and Aguero. He didn't so, go. He didn't trap. Didn't go. Oh, oh <laughs> get me there. <laughs> Why did we tell him that? Because <laughs> this is what podcasts are for. <laughs> yeah. Advice. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Only we could tell the listeners and not Andy. <laughs> Thing is, your advice has never been good for me so far. You told me to captain Kane and transfer him in. Yeah, what true. Stay away from Aguero captaincy. Just stick to your guns, Andy. <laughs> to be honest, it might be one of those seasons where you just stick the captaincy on Hazard and, and that will see you safe. Um, okay, next up is, is Andy. Newcastle versus... Oh my God, Newcastle versus Brighton. This is a, a sleepy one. Well, it is a sleepy one, but that is kind of the point of what I'm going to say about this game, which is I think Newcastle, um, although they have obviously not done very well so far this season, their fixture list has been absolutely abominable. I mean, in the first eight games of the season, um, they have played Tottenham, Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Palace, Leicester and Man United. Now, I've got a little quiz question for you guys here. Do you know who the last team outside that list to qualify for the Champions League was? Silence. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the uh, teams Newcastle have played so far, Tottenham, Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Palace, Leicester and Man United... Outside of that list, who was the last team to qualify for the Champions League? Leicester? No, Leicester was in the list. Uh, they played Leicester. Arsenal? No, the Arsenal were in the list as well. Yep. You yeah. want the answer? It was David Moyes' Everton in 2004-05. And before that, it was Newcastle. So that gives you an idea of quite how difficult their early season fixtures have been. So I think if you're a Newcastle player and if you're Rafa Benitez, you would have looked at that list and thought, well, you know what, season starts in game week, eight against, game week 8 against Man United. They could have won that game, but didn't. Um, and they've got a very nice run of fixtures now. now. I think that at this point is a really good time to get involved in the Newcastle defence. And this is kind of the first, the first game where it's worth doing. Um, I will be picking out um, Dubravka, the goalkeeper, who I've already got, and DeAndre Yedlin, who's like a pacey right back who gets, gets forward a lot. 
as my players to to pick rather than Jamal Lascelles because although he gets in the box and scores occasionally, um, I think Yedlin getting forward is worth more than him. Um, and I, I see a lot of clean sheet points coming up. So Brighton, I think, should, at home, I could very easily see this being a nil-nil or a one-nil to Newcastle. Um, so I I hope that I'm right about this prediction and this could be the start of a good I run. I saw something about um, Newcastle's attack um, these last two weeks saying that they are one of the biggest teams for um, an overemphasis on one side attacking. Their right-hand side massively outweighs their left-hand side for attack in terms of how often they go down that, that wing. And yeah, Yedlin going down that wing is a key part of that, surely, on the overlap. So yeah, he'd be my shout I think for the Newcastle defence Matt what do you reckon that's an interesting uh, prediction for Mandy yeah um, I, I haven't thought about too much about Newcastle but uh, with fixtures changing and uh, they were solid mid-table last season um, there might be some good assets to, to good cheapish assets to have there looking at the, the season ticker they are top um, for fixtures until game week 20 so that is ages away um so yeah great shout Andy I think and it's these kind of moves I think that I've seen some of the top managers make in seasons past where I just think I'm not gonna bring in a Newcastle defender that's so boring for 4.5 um because it's it's not sexy at all but it will surely with a like you say Andy with a Rafa Benitez team guarantee you a, a drip of points drip for your points Okay, um, next up is West Ham Spurs. That's for you, Matt. Um, so, close game this one, I think, because West Ham at home have had some, some good results in recent weeks. Um, but Spurs are the better team overall. Um, and it, um, I, I think my gut says that Spurs will manage to edge this London derby. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was a draw. Um, and so the the question marks are, yeah, do, if you've got Spurs assets, is now the time that you, you sell them? Um, do you do it this game because uh, they can score some goals against West Ham? Or do you think actually maybe there's not going to be too many goals against West Ham, now the time to ditch them, ditch them straight away, particularly with Kane, but also lots of people have uh, Trippier at the moment and others have had Lucas Moore and stuff, so... Um, I reckon though, if I had to predict it, I'd probably say maybe like a two-one type type fixture. This feels like to Spurs, yeah. And anyone you pick out from a fantasy point of view for West Ham, um, Arnautovic is uh, the one that I think many managers have been thinking about um, getting on board with because uh, he he has looked in very good form this season so far. He scored in the international break as well against, I think it was against Northern Ireland for Austria um, and looked really good in the highlights as well. Yeah, he looks like he's really come on leaps and bounds uh, since being moved up front um, in that striker role and it seems to suit him down to the ground. He's got, that, he's got the physicality for it, but also he, he loves being centre of attention and scoring the goals. So it's, it's actually making him like drift, used to drift out of games and he's doing that a lot less these days. Um, we were speaking about fixtures for Newcastle before. They're top of the season ticker until game week 20, but in second place is West Ham. So if if people are thinking about Anatovic, maybe not the Tottenham game, but you know, now or now-ish in the next two or three is a, definitely a good time to be thinking about him. The problem is like he his knee injury. Like I feel like he can get injured at any time, and he's like trying to manage it. He says he says he takes three days off after each like Premier League game. So that's the only other thing that makes me a little bit concerned. But he yeah. kind of looks like he takes three days off between every Premier League game, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> his body language and his attitude, he looks like he's sort of not really fully committed to the concept <laughs> of football. I don't think he's even asked Manuel Pellegrini if that's okay. He's just <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, something about my knee. Anyway, I really like the, the look of, of West Ham's front three at the moment. Um, I think they they look really good going forwards, a lot of confidence, and I think Spurs could be caused quite a few problems. So, yeah, I, I would say your prediction is is fair, Matt, but I would make this maybe slightly more equal, more in, more more like a draw for me. 
Yeah, no, I think a draw is definitely quite a likely result. And you're right, Yarmolenko and Anderson um, uh, look like they're going to score quite a few points this season. They're just like, there's quite a few good midfielders to go for, so they're just sort of uh, edged out at the moment. But um, I think with the good fixtures, and if, if one of them starts to consistently get some points, then we'll be all looking to maybe get one of them in our sides. I saw some uh, stats this week about West Ham's attack and differentials. It might have been Jay Egsdorf or someone else was saying that Balbuena, um, their, their South American, I think, centre-back, is looking really dangerous from set pieces, from corners and things like that. And then you've got Felipe Anderson taking quite a lot of the corners. So that that's quite a nice kind of differential pick, maybe, or something to keep an eye on, at least, um, with the good fixtures for West Ham. Next up is Ben, and that's Wolves-Watford. Um, so Wolves obviously have been on a really good run, um, getting a lot of clean sheets and um, winning games. Watford, kind of the opposite. They started really well this season, but have kind of tailed off or reverted back to the mean. 4-0 loss against Bournemouth at home was pretty bad, and I think before that they lost to Arsenal. Um I actually think this is a really important game for Watford to get a result. So I might go with a draw for this one, like a, maybe a one, one all or something. Um, I think it'd be really impressive if Wolves roll, roll them over because that, that would mean they're on a really amazing run. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just have a sneaking, sneaky feeling that Watford really need a result and we'll, we'll get a point here. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see why you're thinking that Watford have in the past, really bounced back or maybe it's the Troy Deeney effect. You know, do you remember that game where West Ham were someone in the West Ham team when they were playing against Watford did a um, Rabona for one of the goals and it really fired Watford up to come back from behind and, and get the wing. And, and basically Deeney said that on the Match Today interview. Um, so yeah, potentially that's a good shout. I just looking at the stats, you mentioned the clean sheets for Wolves. It's four clean sheets in the last five games and only one goal conceded in those last five games. And Watford have one goal in their last three. Um, so the stats would say that Wolves are going to get a clean sheet um, and that they're a kind of home banker for this one. Um, but I, I can see why you're, you're slightly tentative to, to say that with Watford. Yeah, I'm still going to play my Wolves players. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they yeah, succeeded. Yeah, I think definitely, definitely get them in there. Um, next up is me with another easy fixture. Honestly, I didn't pick it. Um, Huddersfield versus Liverpool. Um, I say it's easy, but Liverpool have been not their old selves recently. And Salah is now ruled out. Whether that's actually slightly a, a blessing for Liverpool because he hasn't been firing. Um, I I should have mentioned it in the football highlights of the week. Did you see his goal from a corner for Egypt against um, Swaziland? Yeah, did he mean yeah, it? Like, I think he oh, did. No. I think he did. Um, okay. That's a bit of a jerk move, though, against a team like Swaziland, isn't it? Just leave him alone. Um, yeah, so maybe Shakiri's going to come in. Um, he's got a He's got a chance to kind of push his way into the team or into um, some more minutes for Liverpool. Um, Huddersfield look pretty terrible, but they're actually playing at home. Um, it's more of a, a kind of prospect than them playing away to Liverpool. I think Liverpool's defensive players are the ones to focus on in this game. So Trent and Robertson um, and any others that people have, I think they're the players to get in because Huddersfield and attack are still looking pretty terrible. Um, yeah, I think keep an eye on the Salah injury news as well. Um, but Mane would be the obvious, obvious choice. Firmino's not firing, but Mane would be the obvious choice. And with Milner out, potentially on penalties, with Salah out as well, he'd potentially be on penalties. So, um, yeah, I think if, if anywhere in the attack, I'd go for Mane. Um, if anyone else has anything to say about that one, shout up. Otherwise, we'll move on to Everton Crystal Palace. Um, and that is with Andy. So um, I think this is going to be an Everton win. Palace don't look like they're doing very well at the moment. They're away at Everton, who are just coming into a bit of form. 
Um, they've obviously I've, I've transferred in Gilfy Sigurdsson because I think he's hitting a, a very nice run of form at the moment. Palace relies so heavily on Zaha going forward, and he has sort of lost a bit of form since those comments about being kicked in the press have caused him to get kicked a lot more. Um, so I, I see this as an Everton win. Um, I see I've got two Everton players in my team, and I'm making sure that they're both in the team rather than on the bench this week because I think they're going to do well against Palace. Um, so I'd be, uh, I'd be benching my Palace. I benched um, Wan Bissaka this week because I think Everton are going to score and I think they're going to win. What do you think about in terms of kind of fancy assets? Um, you mentioned Sigurdsson. Um, anyone for Palace? Anyone else for Everton? I, I would be avoiding um, Palace assets right now. So for those who have Zaha, um, I think it's time to transfer him out. Um, on Everton's side, they're a really interesting side at the moment. I've got I've got Sigurdsson and Richarlison, but actually they've got quite a few players who could be quite interesting going forward because Marcus Silva's a, a very attack-minded manager. Um, they've got Walcott, they've got Bernard, who really seems to be hitting a nice bit of form. Um, so really any, any of those front four, I think, are good picks right now. Um, they're not great defensively because, again, they're a Marcus Silva side, so that's what you'd expect. But I think any of those front four would be really, really good picks. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. And I think, yeah, as a man with two Palace players in his team, I'm definitely thinking about getting rid of um, Zaha for sure. Um, yeah, good shout. Uh, next up is Arsenal-Leicester, and that's one for Matt. Um, so Arsenal, obviously, bang in form at the moment, um, seem to be found a winning habit. Um, at the moment, and so I'd, I'd expect them to beat Leicester, who I think, for their amount of talent in their team, are, are struggling. I think Claude Puyol was in a, maybe in a bit of trouble as well yeah, with, with regards to the, the sack race that's going on. Um, I think Leicester are good enough that they'll probably grab a goal. Um, I think Vardy on the counter attack against Arsenal's defence. I'm just still trying to work out how how they play under Emery. Um, how to- yeah, yeah. I say how to defend. I mean, they've done reasonably well, but um, yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of adjusting to uh, they play quite a bit of a high line and rely on a bit of pace that the defenders don't have, um, which seems a, a recipe for disaster. But they've been winning every every game, so who who am I to say that that's wrong? Uh, well, who are you indeed? I mean. The last game, I'm just taking this back to my own axe to grind. <laughs> you predicted that Arsenal would struggle against Fulham and they trounced them. Um, so this is your deciding one because you predicted the Watford game, missed out with the Fulham game. So this is the decider for you. This is the decider. So I'm going to go for a Arsenal thrashing with a Leicester counter-attacking goal for Vardy. Wow, so thrashing means four goals, surely? Uh, yeah, I reckon it could be four or five. Um, Lacazette, Obama, Yang seem to be fighting for them. Um, yeah. Wow, that's cool. I'll take that. Oh, Lacazette, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I think these teams are quite evenly matched, to be honest. I think they both like to attack, they both like to counterattack, and they're both slightly suspect at the back. Um, defenders kind of more interesting going forward definitely at fullback as well so I just think I see goals for both teams to be honest yeah I mean I think the um, people who've got the Leicester assets people like Madison and uh, Maguire and Vardy and uh, Pereira they they are scoring goals um, but yeah I, I, I don't think they're doing very well at winning games at the moment um, and I, I just think Arsenal at home usually do pretty well, pretty good home record over recent seasons. So, yeah, sticking to my guns on that one. Okay, fair enough. Um, what okay, do you next think up? are the odds of somebody pronouncing Socrates' last name correctly? <laughs> Can you pronounce it one more time for us just so we get it? Um, no, <laughs> I definitely am not going to try that on, uh, on the air. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea how you say that. <laughs> It has the word pasta in there somewhere, doesn't it? Pa- pasta for pop. Not quite. We've got, yeah, pasta the pop <laughs> <laughs> that, that was wrong too. <laughs> um, we'll get it by the end of the season, maybe. Um, okay, whipping boys and gut punts. So, Andy, uh, you get the honour again. Um, who do you reckon for whipping boys this week? 
Um, well, obviously Matt's going to take Leicester, so I won't do that one. Um, I said Man U a few times, haven't I? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go Burnley because it's the obvious one. I think you have to be. You have to go for the obvious one with the whipping boys. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think Liverpool are looking slightly out of sorts and might be missing Salah against Huddersfield. Um, Huddersfield at home. Yeah, Burnley. Anyone? Anyone want to say anything else? Ben or Matt? Well, Arsenal, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going all in on the uh, yeah the thrashings for Arsenal. My oh, okay. So, so you say Leicester, the whipping boys, not Arsenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leicester, the whipping boys. Um, I'm going all in on my prediction that Arsenal will, will thrash them. I'm, st- I'm still going to ignore that. Ben, are you okay with that? I'm Burnley. I'm Burnley. <laughs> yeah. If Leicester do become the whipping boys. Um, Okay, and then gut punts. Andy, who's your gut punt for game week nine? I quite like my prediction of uh, Mitrovic getting sent off. Sorry, say that again? I reckon that might happen. I quite like my prediction of Mitrovic getting sent off. I might stick with that. Is that a gut punt? (laughs) (laughs) That's a gut punt. Predicting that a player's going to get sent off. Yeah, I think it is. I think we're <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, do, do you want me to go for something that's like positive that is, is going to score no. somebody points? No, I, I like the no. idea that you can be creative with the gut punt. Yeah. So I think that's a great shout. Yeah, I, I like that. Mitrovic to get sent off against Cardiff. Great shout. If he gets a yellow, you get you know that's an assist. Basically. Half points. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely getting at least an assist here, right? <laughs> that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, Matt. What about you for your gut? Um, I don't know at the moment. I don't really have much. I'm going to move on. Thanks for that. Who's your gut punt for this game week nine? Can I have two gut punts since Matt doesn't have one? You have to pick one. It's going to take one of mine. Um, mine is pretty punty. Um, mine's going to be Yoshinori Muto from Newcastle. I think they actually look pretty good against United. Um, and I feel like Newcastle will beat Brighton, so I'm going to go Muto. Is he going to start? I, I I think he should start after the way he played against United. And he started I, that I game too, like didn't he? That was, that was his first start yeah. of, the, of the league. So um, I, think that, I actually think that's a really good one. It's real punty. It's real that punty. is the puntiest punt we've had so far. Um, I would love it if Newcastle can actually get a centre forward who will start playing well and scoring goals. So that's a great shout. Um, is that puntier than Aaron Ramsey to score against Fulham? Of course it is. <laughs> um, okay, next up, I'm going to go with um, we're going to go with Bernard for Everton. In his last two games, he's got two assists. Um, the first one of which he was only on the pitch for two minutes and after that he got his first start and looked really good um, so yeah I think it's a good fixture for them Crystal Palace at home like Andy was saying in the preview Everton's kind of attacking forward looking really threatening um, yeah and I think he's linking up well with Richarlison the two Brazilians so I'm going to go with Bernard Matt have you had time to cobble together something I have yes thank you um I think that Huddersfield are slightly underrated at the moment. I think they're playing quite well. They should have beaten Burnley. So I'm going to go for a random goal from someone like Pritchard. <laughs> you want a gut punt? You've got gut punt. <laughs> do you want to just say that you think Huddersfield are going to do well in the game against Liverpool? <laughs> I think they're going to score and it's going to be that man... Alex Pritchard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Poor old Steve Mounier. <laughs> yeah, well, he's deprived of my play instead, so I couldn't go for the striker. <laughs> okay, Alex Pritchard it is. Thank you so much for that, Matt. <laughs> get him in your teams now. <laughs> clean sheets. Andy, you get the first pick for clean sheets. I think there's quite a lot this Um yeah, there, there could be, couldn't there? Um, 
I am going to pick... I'm going to go Liverpool against Huddersfield. <laughs> risky, risky. Okay. <laughs> Matt, what, what about you? Um, I think Man City against Burnley. Um, Man City to keep the clean sheet there. Okay. Ben, you're next up. I will go Newcastle. Okay, I'm going to go Wolves. I think those are all pretty good shouts for clean sheets there, those four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any any more for any more, Andy? Um, I can see Newcastle Brighton ending 0-0, so maybe Brighton. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You can get that one in there. Matt, any more? Um, I think Bournemouth. Look, um, like they're on form and Southampton aren't scoring many goals. Yeah. And then Ben, I mean, this is a big week for clean sheets, mm. it looks like. Are there any more? No, I don't think so. Maybe Chelsea. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that's pretty much it. But it looks like a good week for clean sheets. Um, so might be one for four at the back um, if you have the option of it. And especially with the big hitter injury issues with Salah and, you know, not sure about the Fraser injury. Um, yeah, maybe a good shout. Um, okay, captains and transfers. Andy, I'm going to come to you. You've already made your transfer and you mentioned a bit about captains, but can you just confirm that for us? Yeah, so I've obviously have had to rethink this now. Um my transfers, I've brought in Sigurdsson and Aguero for Mora and Kane. So you were talking about, I can't remember what I was talking earlier about, um, is this the time to ditch your Tottenham players? I have ditched my Tottenham players. Um, I brought in Sigurdsson because I think he's on a great one of form. I mentioned uh, as a sort of placeholder until De Bruyne's fully back. Um, I'm probably going to have Aguero as captain now that I know he didn't travel because that probably means that he's going to play the full game and I can see him very easily putting a few away against Burnley. So that's my captains and transfers. Pep also mentioned um, in the week that, or a few weeks ago, that um, Aguero's minutes were being managed because of his slight injury he picked up um, in one of the games previously. But he said that was probably not going to be the case after the international break. So, yeah, it's looking likely that he'll be getting closer to 90 minutes um, from here on in. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout, Aguero captain. Um, Matt, what about you for captains and transfers? Um, so, transfers-wise, as I was saying, I was, I'm tempted to try and leave it for a week to give myself two transfers next week um, without having to take a four-point hit. Uh, but that means waiting on Salah's injury. Um, and if he does get injured, then I, I said I'll go to Sterling or Mane. Um, and then I, I am looking at those Spurs assets, and so Trippier and Kane. Um, I might give them one more week is my current thinking. But um, if I if I sort of uh, get, get to Saturday morning and suddenly uh, hovering over the Aguero transfer for Kane, I think is what I'll be ending up doing. Yeah, playing it safe as usual, Matt. <laughs> um, OK, Ben, what about you for captains and transfers? Yeah, I'm going to play it safe. So if Salah's injured... I'll probably go to Sterling and Captain Sterling, which is a bit scary, <laughs> um, captaining Raheem. But um, if Salah's not injured, I think I'll do Kane to Aguero and Captain Aguero. Um, but yeah, I'm really hoping Salah's not injured because going into that game without Aguero is a little bit scary. Um, but yeah, longer term, I'm also thinking of getting... I feel like I want Mendy back at some point once he's... He shows some consistency of playing. Um, and also Richarlison, long-term, I'm thinking as well. Because if he's going to be playing up front, then I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. The problem is getting them all into your team, isn't it? Yep. Um, okay, for me, I've I've got a lot of problems that I mentioned before. Um, Zaha not firing, Palace not firing at all. Fraser and, and Salah with their injury worries and then uh, having no City players either. Um, I, I really want to get Doherty into my team, but um, every week there's a reason or for me to do something else. Um, 
And I feel like if I leave it, he's going to get to 5 million, you know, 5.2, something like that. And it, the value of him is going to be kind of pointless because everyone I'm competing with got him for 4.4 or 4.5. Um, so that's the transfer I'd like to make. Um, but I'm just going to have to wait and see um, on Salah's injury and, and Fraser's injury. I do like the idea, having mentioned it just now, of four at the back. And I've got, at the moment, I've got Bennett, uh, for Wolves sitting on my bench waiting to come on. I'd really like to play a Wolves player in this fixture. So um, maybe I, I do what Matt's going to do and I just ride it out. And if Salah doesn't play, then Bennett comes, comes off the bench. Um, but I do have some problems around team, team value. Um, I haven't really, like in seasons past, I've focused on team, team value quite a lot early on in the season. And I've had a change of tack this season. So my team value is actually quite low. Um, so if Salah does start to drop in price, that is a bit of a concern. Um, yeah, I haven't taken any hits yet this season, but this might be time for, for hits to be taken and to sort out a few areas and injuries. So I'm not, not totally sure, to be honest. Um, if you haven't already followed us on Twitter, then give us a follow at FBLFFanatics. Um, we say it every week. Ben is doing some great stuff. Um so, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter and get in touch with us as well if you want to get in touch with the show. Um, direct message us or tweet us on there. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I enjoyed that and looking forward to speaking to you all next week. Yeah, sounds good. Just you wait for that Pritchard goal. Cheers, Duncan. Pritchard in. <laughs> nice one. All the best. All right. Thank you.